Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Empower Ed Podcast and today I am very happy and honored to have a very special guest, Mr. Frederick Soto Perez. So everyone, let's welcome him. So hi Mr. Perez. Hello Jim. Okay, so uh, it's I've been really planning to, to have Mr. Perez, uh, Frederick, as our guest here because he represents a big, big area in, in education which is literacy and I'm no expert in literacy he's the expert the expert and right now I'm just very very happy and honored to have him here so let's get to know him first so Mr. Perez could you tell us something about yourself I am uh, Frederick Soto Perez you can call me Eric or Mr. Perez I am the current president of the Reading Association of the Philippines and I have been active in literacy advocacy in the last uh, 10 to 12 years as a professional in school and as an administrator. Okay. Our organization, the Reading Association of the Philippines, celebrates its 50th year this year with a wow. big celebration at the Manila Hotel with the Asian Literacy Conference okay. from April 23 to 25. 2020. Okay, so he already mentioned the Asian Literacy Conference. I was really planning that he also mentioned that and maybe get to talk about it and invite everyone there. So let's go back to the Reading Association of the Philippines first. So uh, can you give us a background of the organization? It's a national organization, right? Yes. So the Reading Association of the Philippines is a national organization of teachers, librarians, parents, and other literacy professionals and advocates. We have been existing since 1970. 1970. And we are promoting literacy in various forms, like uh, in literacy training seminars, conferences and conventions, and also storytelling sessions, read aloud sessions, partnership with local government units, and simply by being there during times of uh, crisis, listening to stories and telling stories. Uh, we give trainings in both public and private institutions. We have many projects like the Wrap on Wheels when we p- go to remote areas to share our expertise. We have the Quentuanza Daycare when we serve okay. preschoolers in our daycare centers in the Philippines. We are the affiliate of the International Literacy Organization Association from the United States. And we can say that we are the most active affiliate wow. in the world. In the world. Right. So I uh, thank you for sharing about the different um, projects, the different like outreach, outward project of the organization. And and it's really nice to know that we have a very big organization working on literacy and, and really helping towards you know nation building. And, and we know that right now it has been a very, very, you know, a controversial um, yeah, right. talk, uh, con- uh, conversation or topic in, in the educa- education system in the Philippines. Uh, the, the reading skills, literacy skills of, of our students. So um, if you have access to, to the internet or maybe watched ANC uh, or an other, other platforms, right? Uh, Frederick has been uh, speaking about reading literacy, the state of literacy in the Philippines, and that is what we want to focus 
on our podcast uh, right now, podcast episode. Uh, Mr. Perez, let's go directly to the PISA result. So, how should we understand it? The PISA result actually puts us in a situation where we can actually reflect on our system of education. The PISA was taken to provide us with baseline data in mm -hmm. our curriculum planning and assessment. So we ranked 79, that's all over, we know that. But I think this result should be analyzed side by side with our national achievement test results, our end national career advancement Advance, yeah. exam results, so that we can actually strategize in terms of policies in education. It is also a form of benchmarking uh, for us uh, with other countries, also those who are also taking the PISA. Yeah, so um, like if we go online, you know, we cannot avoid the fact that, you know, the better countries really put it like they're the better ones or the best ones. And, you know, media just give that kind of notion that it's a ranking, it's like a competition. You know, we are very happy for other countries. We recognize their work. And it's, it's, it's great that you really emphasize the idea that it's something that would help us reflect on how we do things. Um, very good thought on how, on comparing it with other results, right? Because we want a more holistic um, approach to making policies. And we know that, you know, uh, what standards are we, just a question, what standards are we following with PISA? It's, that's a global standards? It's the global standard uh, set by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Okay. And the the test takers actually take this in their mother tongue okay and uh, for us i think i may call it a disadvantage is that we took it in english in english which is actually the medium of instruction in our country but not necessarily but the, not necessarily the mother tongue mother of those tongue. students who took the exam yeah i think that's a good point because people like if you go online people have a lot of opinion and, and those opinions usually come from the fact that they don't really, you know, have a good perspective on how things were done or are being done. So that's a good point. The medium of, of instruction in the, in the classroom may not be necessarily the mother tongue or the, the language that we use in, in, in our, in, at home. And that, that has a big effect, right? On how I think that is really a factor. Yeah. Uh, our Secretary of Education was thinking that we should go back to English mm -hmm. as medium of instruction because our K-12 program shifted to mother tongue in the lower grades. But that is very much debatable because we know from research that mother tongue actually fosters critical thinking yeah. and lifelong learning. Wow. Okay, that's a new new insight, new, new idea that we don't usually... No, we've been... Um, I come from the province, right? I'm an Ilocano. And we were always taught that, you know, if we want to do, if we, if we want to improve ourselves or have a good future, we need to understand or study English. We were not taught mother tongue because the, that was in the 90s because the big idea was, you know, you already use it at home. Okay. Right now, I have a nephew who's studying in the public school in Abra and he's better than me in speaking Ilocano. And 
right now he's studying English as a new language. But what I observe from him is that English becomes easier for him because he now has a point of comparison, a better point of comparison in his experience like at home. So maybe that's something. That is confirmed by research. Yes. Oh, okay. So, um, expert opinion. What are the challenges to, uh, to the state of the literacy skills of our students side by side the PISA results? If we look at there is the 60-page report of the Department of Education on PISA, we can see that uh, there are a lot of factors which affected our, our results. But what is important now is to move forward. Mm -hmm. So based on my analysis of the report, I think that we have to do direct and explicit instruction of reading not only in English and Filipino or the language courses, but in all subjects, including the content area. Uh, the content area subjects are social studies, science, and all the other subjects. So there should be a, a what do you call that, uh, an explicit intent from the for the teacher to teach reading skills while teaching their lessons. Unlocking of words, okay. uh, teaching strategies in reading, these are not only done in the English and Filipino subject. This should be done in all subjects. For example, my, my favorite example, top example <laughs> is, for example, photosynthesis. Okay. So if you dissect the word, you can get the meaning of it. Okay. So if you use vocabulary strategy like uh, structural clues and context clues, then you'll be able to define photosynthesis without really going to the dictionary. So what is important here is that even the strategies that we use in, in English and Filipino subjects should be explicit, which means that the students should have modeling from the teacher, they should have shared practice, guided practice, towards independent practice. The problem is that most of us teachers just teach and we give them a text or the reading material in science or yeah. social studies without really exposing them to how they should read the text. Yeah. Parang, we, we assume that they know. Yes. And that's very dangerous, right? That's very dangerous because our role in education is to guide students. So scaffolding is scaffolding. also very important. So I said direct instruction. Second is that we also have functional libraries. Okay. Our libraries, both of us went to public school, probably yeah. in the grade school, and our libraries are locked. No one's allowed to use the books because when they the might. district supervisor <laughs> or the superintendent will come we will open well, the library yes yes but we need to expose our children to texts real texts text. yeah and then not just textbooks it means stories encyclopedias atlases various literature various literature newspapers journals so Another thing is, aside from functional libraries, that we need to train our teachers. We need to do a lot of teacher training coupled with coaching. 
coaching. After training, there should be coaching. Instructional coaching. Yes. Yeah. Walking through. Yeah. Because we train the teachers in the regional level, yeah. district level, uh, school level. But after seeing our PowerPoint or yeah. our handouts, they're left on their own. Yeah. And they do not know what to do with the handouts, the PowerPoint that we have given them. So it's teacher training with instructional coaching, as we have mentioned. And also in our higher education institutions, teacher training institutions, reading should be taught explicitly. Most often, st uh, student teachers do not know the stages of reading development by John Shaw, which is yeah. very important. What should, how should you teach reading for a grade one student? grade two there are differences i even think that our age level for kinder is too too early too early too early because for us kinder was six years old okay we started grade one at seven so the physio physiological makeup of a child is not yet ready for early reading yeah I read a study about that or an article like the article says that we are putting our our children so early in school that there has like you know um, trade-off like there's uh, everything get everything gets serious too early they don't have time for play they don't have really time for you know uh, developmentally appropriate activities that should be that should be enjoyed by young kids. In our culture, we ask the students or the young kids to write right away, hold a pencil. But yeah. you know, to foster reading, there's a research which says that we have to expose them first to color. Color. It's to develop their sense of sight. All because right. that's, that's very much related to reading. So to, to, to colors, to seeing things, the idea of wonder that's right. very important in curiosity reading. yeah yes. yeah um can i just go back to what you have mentioned about teacher training uh, and i think this is something that we need to emphasize like to be honest i've i've done a lot of trainings uh frederick has done a lot of trainings and we always see trainings like you know can we have your powerpoint can we have your handout and then we will share it so it's good that they share their they cascade the information but um, according to research or literature, the best PDs or the result of the PDs uh, professional development or professional learning should be seen in uh, improved student outcomes. So we can only say that a PD or professional learning is good, is beneficial if the students have learned better, achieved better based on the application of what has been learned by the teacher and that i think has been one of the more the, the challenges that we have especially in professional development for teachers we, we stop at, at at cascading or letting the teacher do things we don't gather data we don't check if there has been an effect right yes that's that's why i was saying instructional coach yeah we teach them reading strategies in our seminars and conferences but we do not know what happens next yeah and even the seminars that we give are, shall I say, according to FAD. 
But there should be a, a trend. We yeah, always <laughs> we say differentiated instruction. Yeah. But very basic uh, reading strategies of unlocking words and uh, reading strategies like making connection, visualization, mm. predicting outcomes. We have to specifically teach the teachers how to do these things because our system is so traditional that for us, a student who reads should not bother another classmate, but we can do shared reading. Shared reading. Peer reading. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, let's go back also to what you've uh, mentioned about teacher education institution. Yes. So you're, you're explicitly saying that all teacher education institutions should make sure that future teachers are taught how to become reading teachers regardless of their subject. Okay, um, I always hear, I think I've heard it from Reading Association of the Philippines. Every teacher is a reading teacher. Is a reading teacher. Okay, and I think that's a good point. And we're very happy that Frederick is emphasizing that. You know, um, we want a systematic change in the education system on how policies should be done. But in a way, uh, Frederick has, is, giving, um, is giving us some nuggets of wisdom on how even you know, teachers at the grassroots could already start making some changes. Right? They have to be exposed to literature themselves. I was talking to an advocate of reading from the United States yesterday, and she was saying that when they came to the Philippines to do training, the teachers do not have background in reading. Um, aside from that, in the reading stages, grade school, elementary, day, elementary schooling, we have to guide our students. But towards high school, we're in, we had the students tested in PISA. Mm -hmm. We have to develop choice yeah. and the student's voice in, mm -hmm. uh, in reading and literacy. In private schools, we, we have required reading. That's okay, they are exposed to reading, but they are not given the, the voice yeah. in literacy. So for me, both choice and voice should be developed, especially for 15-year-old students. Yeah. Because the interest in reading will increase if the students are motivated themselves. True, true, yeah. I've also had some um, experience with working with other teachers. You know, I have friends who have um, reading advocacies, mm -hmm. right? And uh, they have told me that you know, the, the, the challenge really is in our system is that we are gearing towards access, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the basic, uh, the basic skill of uh, learners recognizing the letters, putting them together, and reading. So we always see them reading words, putting syllables. But the deeper, deeper kind of reading is not usually even the, like what you've said. Teachers are not really prepared for that. You know, teachers can teach students how to recognize the letters, syllables, put them together, form a word, read a sentence. That's right? exposure. That's exposure. And, and I like what, what uh, hopefully, the Department of Education is geared towards quality. So high quality of education. And, and that's a good start. Like the idea that everyone should become a reading teacher, every teacher, right? And we have to expose them to both print and digital texts yes. and help them 
in discerning what kind of books or materials they have to read, especially to have social media. Yeah. We should not blame social media. Yes, I agree with that. And I always, um, you know, social media could be good or bad depending on how we use it. Um, I think this is another topic, but I just want your thought on this. And uh, maybe we will have another time with Frederick. Um, literacy in, in social media. That's very important. Uh, in a few words. Why, why, why is that very important? Social media spouses reading. You post and someone reads it. What is important in social media is to teach our students uh, netiquette, how to uh, discern what they read and share it. Mm -hmm. So social media should not be blamed. All those who interviewed me were blaming social media for reading but that is another form of yeah. reading that's equally important like they're always stuck with the gadget or social media but that's reading you know playing yeah. mobile legends is mm -hmm. part of reading you follow yeah their, there's movement that's reading and motor skills and communicating <laughs> yes. i mean they communicate with other people so they need to read or understand what's happening um, and I think it's a skill that we really need right now. Um, literacy skill is a transferable skill. Regardless of the medium, print or digital, that skill is very, very important. Right now, digital literacy skill in reading digital text or digital information, I think that's very, very important. Um, not just for, for you know, academics thing or purposes. I mean, just, you know, being part of a community. Uh, we have problems like, fake news, misinformation, uh, abuses in, in the information, uh, and, and all those stuff, right? And, and literacy plays a major role in that. Not just reading digital text, but actually, you know, a critical reading to it, right? We should not think that literacy is only reading and writing. Yeah. We should expose our people, our students, our teachers, that there is what we call multiple literacies. Yeah, yeah. So there's even environmental literacy, mm -hmm. civil literacy, ethical literacy, yeah. even physical literacy in BE. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and, and that gears towards holistic you know, development of, of the learner and even growing up, we need to, to maintain that kind of balance. So we're, uh, th I think that's a tease for media information literacy episode. Uh, we don't have any episode on that yet, but that's something that I look forward to maybe if we have more time with Mr. Perez. So, uh, at this point, I just want to thank uh, Frederick uh, for, for being our guest. A very short interview, but very straightforward on how to understand uh, the PISA result and how we can move forward. I think that's the more important part of it. And Frederick mentioned about Asian Literacy, Literacy Con Conference. So, Mr. Perez, could you, could you invite everyone, give some information about it? I would like to invite everyone to the Asian Literacy Conference, which will happen on April 23 to 25 at the Manila Hotel. It's a gathering of literacy professionals, parents, and advocates who would like to sharpen their skills or just learn about literacy. Uh, if you want to know more about it, you can visit our website, rap.org.ph. Yes, and, and the Reading Association of the Philippines was my first official professional organization thank you very much Jim, yeah. for that. and i think uh and i think crap for it this is not a sponsored episode but my first speaking engagement actually was in a conference um with reading association of the philippines it oh. was a summer 
It's summer a convention. convention. And and last month I did a key, uh, plenary session with them. So yeah, so if you have a chance, please be a member of the Reading Association of the Philippines. It's not just for reading teachers or English uh, language teachers. It's actually open to all educators or those who have a stake with or for in the education system. A personal account that they can follow or communicate with you. They can follow me on in uh, on Twitter. Okay, so what's Frederick your Twitter? Soto Perez. Frederick Soto Perez. I'll add in the podcast description a link to uh, Frederick's Twitter account. If you have questions, you can continue communicating with him. Or they can email me at rap dot president nineteen seventy at Okay, so we'll put that up also. Anyway, so thank you so much, uh, Frederick, Mr. Perez. Uh, thank you for being our guest. And we wish RAPS uh, Asian Literacy Conference uh, good luck. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thanks.